0: Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number one hundred and three. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here once again with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Peter, we are in Chernobyl,
1: with noise canceling uh,
0: uh, walls, walls, yes, insulated walls, insulated walls, padded walls. It definitely sounds different in here. It feels different. I hope it sounds. I hope the sound quality is uh, improved. I, I think it is. I hope uh, the listeners can, can hear how good I think it sounds in here. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but, but today, we are, and I should say, we're recording this on Thursday, uh, April 12th. It is the calm before the storm. Next week is RSA Conference 2018. Uh, I'm headed out there Sunday. You are headed out there Tuesday. Mike is headed out there Monday. Yes, yeah, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That's right. And busy show. Uh, obviously, we previewed, teased a little bit of what we had going on. But uh, this week we had, I guess, the big news this week: Verizon data breach investigations report. The 2018 report is out, and it, there's there's n- there's no big headline to me. There's no big explosive findings, but there is some interesting stuff in this report. And Peter, I thought it was wor- it'd be worth sitting down to talk to you about the report and some of those those findings.
1: Sure, sounds good.
0: You ready for this? I am ready. So the the DBIR uh, this year, the report came out this week. They had uh, the big takeaway is they had uh, ransomware as the top. Malware threat. The mo- they saw the most incidents of um, uh, 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 malware cyber related cyber attacks using ransomware, and to just break this down a little bit, Verizon gathered data from sixty five no sorry sixty seven different organizations, so vendors, law enforcement organizations, et cetera, et cetera, in sixty five countries, and they reported uh, more than fifty three thousand cyber incidents and more than 2200 breaches and 40 percent of those breaches involved malware that was specifically ransomware and the other ones weren't even really that close so i guess the first the the first question reactions are are you surprised that ransomware made made the top of the chart finally after a few years of of climbing it
1: well not really, because last year at RSA we were told that ransomware was going to be the big thing this okay, year. That's true. So, yeah, that wasn't too surprising, and because we have been reporting on ransomware for
0: a See, while now, it just seems keeps, like, keeps coming. Seems like forever. Yeah. So, so a little context: the 2000. This is in uh, Mike's story this week. Michael Heller, mm-hmm. senior reporter, uh, search security. In 2014, the DBR, the DBIR had. Uh, ransomware, I think, is the twenty-second most common malware type in in attacks or breaches. Last year's, it was fifth, and I'd be interested to go back and look at the report last year and see what ones topped it. But so last year it was fifth. Now it's it's finally first, and it's. I mean, there are a lot of incidents here. I mean, forty percent of of those incidents, nearly forty percent. I mean, that's that's a lot of attacks, but I mean, do we think that that's – how accurate do you think that representation is?
1: Well, okay, if here, – I'm not I,
0: saying that people are misreporting right, and misattributing right. to ransomware. I'm saying how much more how, – how much <laughs> worse is the, is the picture?
1: Well, I mean, one of the, one of the first things that I, that I started thinking about when I saw some of these numbers are um, – people say an anecdote is not the singular of data. Um, and twenty two hundred breaches sounds like a lot, but it's not. I mean, we, we know this from other reports that we've been that we've been exposed to over the years, that there's you know, and even fifty three thousand incidents isn't that many when you consider that some some agencies will say, oh, we we have uh, hundreds of thousands of incidents every day. Yeah. When an incident means you know somebody pinging a server.
0: Right. It th- could be an attempted attack. Uh, it could be a thwarted attack, it could just be an anomaly. Yeah,
1: and it's or, absolutely right. I mean, I, I ping things not every day, but I ping things every once in a while when I'm trying to check to see what kind of network connectivity That's I've true. got. I yeah. mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's an attack or an attempted attack, but um, so going back to these numbers, so not, not only do we have a relatively small sample of of things to look at, but we also have qualifications. So uh, 39% or almost 40% of data breaches involving malware use ransomware. But how many uh, how many data breaches
0: didn't use malware? A yeah. lot of them. Yeah. Because I mean, that's another
1: trend that we've seen over sure. the last year or so, living and, off the land.
0: Yeah, and how many ransomware attacks only affected a few endpoint devices but didn't technically constitute a breach? I mean, that's another thing that I think is interesting in this report, which Brings us to the next point. Does getting a ransomware infection mean you've been breached, Peter? I guess it depends on where the infection is. Well, if it's in the corporate network, right? That's if it's just if it's just locking down Peter Lotion's laptop. Who cares if it gets into Tech Target's network, right? Exactly. Well, so
1: it's a great question. What does what what actually does a breach mean? So I went to the to our to our definition of data breach, just to look, you know, just to remind myself what it actually means to have a breach. And I'll just read it. Uh, we updated this uh, the end of last year, so it's it, it's up to date. And as I recall, I, I may have actually edited this. So it's definitely... It's got your seal of re- approval. It's got my seal of approval. A data breach, uh, we wrote, is a confirmed incident in which sensitive, confidential, or otherwise protected data... Has been accessed and/or disclosed in an unauthorized fashion. So now, you know, and we have much more content about data breaches and yeah, that definition. Lot. But yeah. um, ransomware technically doesn't doesn't uh, access the data. I mean, it sort of accesses it in order to to encrypt it. It doesn't really disclose it, as far as we know. Um, but we still consider it a breach because it it, it has an effect on uh, on the operations of the organization whose computers are, are ransomed. Yep. So eh, I know, I could go either way. Is it a breach? Maybe. Well, it, it's definitely not a good thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I've mentioned this before and, and you know, GDPR isn't the end all be all. But this is worth noting. And this has been a debate a debate for a while now. Uh, what constitutes a breach and is ransomware a breach i would guess that most organizations don't report ransomware big and small all across all industries all countries they probably get infected whether it's a few endpoint devices or a part of their network and probably don't report probably try to pay probably just you know don't they don't tell law enforcement they may not even tell their security vendors because what's their what is their security vendor going to do Exactly. I can't crack it. So, but this is interesting. Because, uh, uh, somebody turned me on to this um, a while back, uh, a few months ago, uh, when this discussion came up. But Article 29 of um, the Data Protection Working Party for GDPR, they do specifically, and this came out on uh, um, October 3rd of last year. So, this is very recent, but it specifically cites ransomware and it says, if you can find the section here, um, that you know loss of the, like if you lose control of the data and someone else has quote unquote control of it that sort of constitutes a, a a data breach and so they use this example here this example quote infection by ransomware malicious software which encrypts the controller's data until a ransom is paid could lead to a temporary loss of availability if the data can uh, can be restored from backup. However, a network intrusion still occurred, and notification could be required if the incident is qualified as confidentiality breach, i.e., personal data is accessed by the attacker. And this presents a risk to the rights and freedom of the individual. Now, I mean, there's a lot of ifs there, mm-hmm. but it seems like, and, and here's another example, Uh, An example of lost personal data can include where a device containing a copy of of a controller's customer database has been lost or stolen. A further example of a loss may be where the only copy of a set of personal data has been encrypted by ransomware or has been encrypted by the controller using a key that is no longer in its possession. Now, end quote. Now, that's pretty interesting, Peter, because, I mean, that makes it seem... Like, yes, ransomware is it, it, under under this law under GDPR is considered a, a data breach uh, by the letter of the law. Now let's contrast that to another interesting development that we've seen that's actually not in the DBIR this year: cryptojacking or uh, cryptojacking or crypto mining attacks. We've seen a lot of them recently, and they this cryptojacking started to pop up i think in october and then but stuff really started to take, to take off toward the end of the year and then and then obviously in the first quarter and it's interesting verizon said they don't sort of they they don't really consider cryptojacking a a a you know related to a breach it doesn't really qualify because you're not putting malware on a device true but
1: Going going way back to to the way things were a long time ago when when all the computers were mainframes and people were dialing in to get access to them, uh, if you if you say if you accept that um, if you consider an unauthorized use of computing uh, resources to be a breach, then cryptojacking can be considered a breach if you're not notify if you're not getting consent from the owner of the yeah. resource, yeah. but. I think so. But to the extent that Verizon says that we we don't consider uh, cryptojacking a breach, I think that'll change if not next year's report, maybe the year after. Right. Depending on what happens with uh, alt with, with cryptocurrencies, of course. I mean, if those if those sort of disappear from the horizon. Uh, from the threat horizon, then you know maybe we won't have to deal with that for now. But but yeah, there, there's this whole concept of using other people's resources without their permission. I, I consider it a breach.
0: I mean, and that, if you're if you're going by that, I mean, you could say web ads that basically suck up all your memory and your browser and crash it could be considered. I mean, I think it depends on what you're talking about. If you're just talking about a simple crypto jacking, attack that is browser-based that's just running JavaScript in, in, in your browser, eh, not a breach. If you're talking about what happened in Tesla, if you're talking about what happened with an organization that wakes up one day, sees the CPU uh, uh, usage for some of its cloud servers, cloud resources uh, uh, way off, you know, for whatever reason, they're spiking, and then you find CoinHive in your servers, that's that's a breach. That's yeah. a breach. and I think that's kind of where we've seen those those attacks going. So I don't know. Verizon DBIR 2019 do you think we'll see some I think the odds are pretty good based yeah.
1: on you know how how much how much of an impact has had this year so far. Um, and again, to the extent that that uh, all uh, the cryptocurrencies continue to have value. Um, I mean it, it's certainly preferable to have your resources uh spiking a little bit so that somebody can mine cryptocurrencies yeah. rather than encrypting all your data yeah, yeah um i think everybody everybody prefers it the other way probably true So yeah. even the attackers <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> we we, we, we got to keep them in mind so
1: well i mean it's it's they don't have to they don't have to you don't have to go out and, and yeah. get bitcoin so you can pay them that's true uh, and, and it makes it easier for them to collect so to get paid which yeah. is what what their priority
0: is too. true uh, so th- another part of the report deals with phishing and pretexting pretexting if you remember Peter that was a, sort of a, um, a highlight of last year's report the sort of the increase I guess Verizon saw in the number of reported incidents and I think uh, last year the the incidents, more than doubled from last year for this year or, or I guess more accurately, nearly tripled Wow! Um, in 2017 for pretexting, which is, you know, it's a social engineering attack. Um, and then there was the, the phishing data, which I thought was, was interesting. The, the phishing attacks, y- you know, according to Verizon, the success rate is not very good. It's pretty low. Apparently the majority of people just, they don't click on phishing links now which is good majority the downside of that is there's still a significant portion of people that do and when they do they do it repeatedly did that surprise you i it, well
1: here's the thing in my in my gmail account my personal account most of these phishing attacks get sent to spam directly so i mean i have to go to the spam folder to look at yeah. To look at them, so I'm not even seeing them most of the time, um, and I think a lot of a lot of email is getting reasonably well uh, filtered. But you know, think about it; people are still get sending out uh, Nigerian prince scam emails. And they
0: are. They are.
1: I mean that's kind of like 1996 or yeah. so right
0: uh, yeah wide scale attack but obviously not very deep and not very successful
1: yeah but it's successful enough for somebody that's it for keep them doing. to keep doing it yeah
0: so I wonder like how many how much of those types of, of sort of spam because that it's what they I mean they're spamming people with those texts how much of that is throwing off the numbers here you know like how much is that boosting Because if you're getting a ton of just generic scam emails that basically anyone can pick out, it might make the numbers here look better than they actually are. Because the numbers look, I mean, Verizon said 78% of people did not click a phishing link all year according to the data that they got. Um, And on average, only 4% of people in any given uh, phishing campaign will click on it, but once they click on something they, they they're they more prone to click on these links like like they're just they're easy marks they keep doing it uh so i i don't know maybe maybe that the numbers look a little bit better than they are given the volume of spammy phishing attacks and attempts that are out there i don't know well
1: okay here here's here's what crossed my mind when we're as we're talking yes um three card monty yeah you've heard of this thing yes. right Okay, this has been going on for probably hundreds of years. I mean, how long probably. have there been playing cards and people wagering on these things and and going into busy streets and busy marketplaces and thoroughfares? I mean, everybody knows that three card bounty is you don't you cannot win it because even if you do win, you know, and walk away, the people who are running the scam will go and and mug you later yeah. to get their money back. Yeah. But people still fall for it, and yeah. people are still play in it, and they're and they're making money at it. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's going there's always going to be these legacy methods of of stealing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting too because I mean, you think pretexting, it's not very technologically advanced. Pretexting schemes, Verizon said, of the 114 confirmed um, uh, data breaches from the 170 incidents reported last year, 114 out of 170s. That's a pretty good success rate. And they were pretty much all financially motivated. And it's basically like pretexting is basically like calling up someone, uh, calling up a bank and pretending to be, I'm pretending to be you, Peter. And And I just work the person into giving up account credentials or information that I can use. I mean, again, not very technically sophisticated, but neither is phishing, really. And the success rate for phishing was really low, you know, according to the data here. Nearly twelve hundred incidents and only two hundred and thirty six confirmed breaches from those incidents. But that's still two hundred and thirty six. Yeah. Well, but th- those those attacks could be automated. True. True. And they could just be sending out generic email after generic email. Somebody click. You know, you send out. Um, uh, 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 oh, uh, here's a password reset notification for your Salesforce account. You don't know that the pe- people you're sending it to definitely use Salesforce, but there's a pretty good bet that same with Office three sixty five. pretty good bet that a lot of people out there are going to use it so you cast a wide net uh yeah that's
1: and 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 because these things can be automated you can sell access to the platform to the criminal platform to other criminals so that you're you're making money but you're not actually getting your money from the victims you're getting your money from from low-level scammers who don't have the skills to to write their own code but they're buying yours so yeah um but yeah Crime
0: is with us. (laughs) Crime is always with us. That's, yeah, that's sage wisdom. (laughs) Uh, I got a million of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So closing thought, I guess, about the report itself. You know, there's always some discussion when this report comes out. How accurate is it? How useful is it? Um, What's the methodology? Obviously, we talked about, you know, how accurate could the representation of the ransomware threat be, from this data it, how much worse is it really but you know um I, you know my, in mike's story he talked to someone from i believe it was imperva and they said basically it seems like this this report and a lot of reports probably are biased toward no uh, you know more toward no noisy attack stuff that is going to gain a lot of attention i don't really think of ransomware as a noisy attack because you know you if you want to keep it quiet you can keep it quiet um but the but the point remains but it's so so quieter attacks for lack of a better term don't pop up on the radar like a crypto jacking
1: well, that's the thing we only know about the attacks that we know about and the attacks we don't know about we can't really i mean we can guess but but yeah like if we don't know that there's a certain, I'm sure there's types of attacks that are going on right now that we don't know, have any idea about that have to do with either stealing data or changing data or removing data or uh, or doing something with data that that's under the radar. Yeah, yeah we, how can we know? It's I just it's not possible. But I think to the extent that the DBIR is a represents a, a um, an ongoing continued. Um, uh, process that that it, that the process stays more or less the same over the years. That's where the value comes in. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't bet my my farm on any of these numbers being absolutely accurate or being able to be uh, duplicated across other d- other it's realms. It's a snapshot. It's, it's a, a snapshot. Yeah, Exactly. It's, it, it's I think it's useful as that.
0: It, it is. I, I do think it's useful, and I do think, you know, to the point about noisy attacks. Yeah, there's there's definitely going to be some stuff. I, I wonder if we're going to see more attacks in the future where people are gaining access to computing resources, like you said, and you don't know it, and they're using them for ill. And you know, like like how many how many attacks that use um, where where an organization is breached and and they're they've gained access to endpoint devices or. IOT devices and they're using that. I mean, you hear about the DDoS attack; that's a noisy attack. But did you hear about the compromise of those devices? You might not hear about the actual individual routers or or the company that produces the routers being compromised. So, yeah. I don't know. I I do think there's value in the report, though. It, it provides a snapshot, and at the very least, like we we know that. However, much time we've spent on crypto, uh, crypto jacking, crypto mining over these last few months, ransomware still, you know, a force is probably the dominant sort of threat out there. Uh, you know, you're still going to deal with SQL injection and, you know, cross site scripting and, and things like that, basic attacks that people don't prevent uh, enough or or patch for or whatever. But you get a pretty good idea that ransomware is, is still. It's not the year of the ransom year of r- ransomware anymore, but it's still, it's still something people have to account for. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about that at RSA next week. Well, Peter, yeah. thank you for your time in uh, helping me go through the DBIR. It's a it's a doozy, uh, but it's interesting. So, thank you for joining me. Always glad to be here, and looking forward to joining you at RSA next week. As am I. In San Francisco. Are you really, though? (laughs) No comment. No comment. I won't force you to answer that. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.